What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We are back with some new content, and of course, we got to talk about the USAPL getting expelled from the IPF. We don't really dive too deep into that because we kind of knew it was coming. We had the president of the USAPL on to discuss uh, things of that nature, but we get deep into the pro series detail, and Steve and I have a pretty unique perspective on it because Two White Lights was actually involved in the meeting, and they took a lot of our our ideas, uh, primarily Steve's ideas, and we have the details. It was announced on Sunday, and we talk about that. We talk about what actually uh, is the format of it, what you can expect. We actually were live on Twitch, so if you tuned into our Twitch, you heard the episode, and we answered a lot of questions there, so really informative episode. Um, really good to record. Also good to be back to actually give you some somewhat bittersweet news, like bittersweet as in it's bad that we're out of the IPF and a lot of people who want to compete internationally don't have that opportunity or at least in the USAPL, but the pro series seems to be received pretty well. And again, they're using a lot of people's ideas and two white lights is also an extension of the lifter. So a lot of lifters opinions are bought onto two white lights and that was extended to USAPL and it was well received. So I'm very excited to see further developments of that. Good to be back on two white lights. But before we get into this episode, of course, I got to talk to you guys about left floor bros, ladies and gentlemen, go to leftlarbros.com, follow them on Instagram, left bros apparel, and get yourself the best powerlifting merchandise in the sport. They make you look good in the gym, outside the gym, on the platform, you will look good if you wear Left Floor Bros merchandise. The stuff they are releasing now just looks beautiful. It keeps on getting better. They keep on stepping their game up. They're not just some apparel company that releases one thing a month or two months, and that's it. That's all you see from them. It's new. It's dope. It continues to expand. And use promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money on all Left Floor Bros merchandise. The glow-in-the-dark tie-dye t-shirts that they have is just... Chef's Kiss Beautiful, the joggers that they just had, the dad hats, uh, the tank tops as well look so damn good. I love them. Use that promo code 2 w 15 to save yourself some money. Also, get yourself some 2 White Lights merchandise on leftlarbros.com. We also have a lot of designs designed by C.B. Leflar from the Leflar Bros. Use that same promo code 2 w 15 to get all of your two white lights merchandise and leftlar bros merchandise so fill your shopping cart up with leftlar bros and two white lights merchandise the link is also in our website as well so hit shop it'll take you to leftlar bros website as well also while you're at it go to lift.net and get yourself some stoic gear i wear stoic gear in the gym and on the platform and it's because it's the best it's the most quality it is the most affordable as well the knee sleeves the singlets the wrist wraps they are affordable and they are quality. You're not just paying for a label. You are paying for quality. And you can use promo code ANGELO10 to save yourself some more money on already affordable equipment. Stoic Gear, Lift.net, use promo code ANGELO10. Also, make sure you're going on NotoriousLift.com and get yourself some no-slip drip slippers. They continuously come out with some new colorways and new designs that look beautiful and they will help your deadlift. I was just at the Warcat Open over the weekend, and so many lifters were wearing notorious lifts. And you know what? Kai Zhao broke an unofficial American record in notorious lifts, 
and he looked damn good doing it. And you can too. Use promo code ANGE, A-N-G-15, to save yourself some money on Notorious Lift No Slip Drip Slippers. I'm telling you, you will not regret it. Also, be on the lookout for their drops. Sign up for their newsletter, and don't miss out on it. Follow them on Instagram as well. Don't miss out on any drops because you will be sorely disappointed when your size sells out in like a minute. I'm not even exaggerating. That's how fast they sign out. Notorious Lift. And 15, get yourself some no-slip trip Notorious Lift slippers. Also, make sure you're subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and our website, the new and approved Two White Lights website. We're going to try to get more content to you. It looks like within the upcoming weeks, we will. So, here it is, Two White Lights, and I apologize, there's no intro music. And as promised, we are back. It's been a long time, and of course... When it's been a long time, we have a ton of stuff to talk about. First off, I shaved. That's that's the most important thing. Yeah, I, I didn't do anything different. I shave every day because I look, can't grow facial hair. You look terrific. So I continue to look terrific. Got it. Yes. Perfect. Uh, but yeah, I think we're probably going to have a lot more podcasting coming. We probably have more. We're going to have a lot this week. We're yeah. going to have a lot this week income. Yeah. Most likely. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I mean, I guess I guess we could start with the most important development. I'm a professional powerlifter. I am a pro. <laughs> yeah, that is a route we've gone down that is probably the demise of powerlifting. You you have been deemed a professional at something. Mhm. And I mean, I'm already a professional. Gonna... I'm a professional journalist according to some. Yeah, we're terrible professional journalists. I mean, that's yeah. actually probably one of the, the reasons we are professionals where we're terrible at it. Yeah. And we don't we don't re- do research because I think that's one of the uh, yeah bad journalism hash- hashtag. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest uh, credentials for being a professional journalist is not being very good at it. Yeah. So we nailed that. We do a terrific job of but, not being good at it. But yes, we have. I mean, we were all expecting it. It's breaking news, of course, but we talked about it with the president of the USAPL and uh, several others, and um, we've been kind of in discussions for about two weeks. The USAPL has been expelled by the IPF as of today. So that is um, that is really what I think right now, at least drug-tested powerlifting is talking about, just the expulsion. Yeah, I mean, that, that's... We're probably not having to talk about this too much on the podcast other than just right now because yeah, that's really it. It's like it was literally we knew that was coming. The meeting was today. The only time they've ever had a meeting like this ever before was to expel Robert Wilkes. So yeah, we knew this was coming. Um, Unlike some people saying this is unanimous vote, no, only twenty three nations out of one hundred and fifty voted for the USA field to get out. Oh, that's only twenty eight showed up to the meeting. Ah, that's breaking Um, news to me. Oh, yeah. So only 28 nations showed up to the meeting. Okay. 23 voted us out. Um, the other 122 did not show up. Um, so, yeah. I mean, take that as you may. I mean, this, this, was, this wasn't really a vote. Was Powerlifting America more, there? Like, probably, because Robert <laughs> Keller is on the executive board of the IPS. So I assume Powerlifting America was present, present in the voting. That's good. So, uh, but yeah, we're out of the IPF. Uh, I mean, there's, there's people are going to be asking, Oh, well, what are we going to do now? I mean, like right now there's very obviously most likely going to be a powerlifting America Federation popping up very, very soon and mm-hmm. announcing everything. And that's going to clear everything up about the IPF path. If they don't, then the IPF path is to still do USVI, but we all know powerlifting America is coming soon. 
um, whenever they're announced. We'll talk more about that because they're probably going to announce that kind of stuff. They're going to have to have a nationals before June so people can qualify for Worlds, and then we're going to see how people split. But mm-hmm. um, I think more so, I mean, what is more breaking news in the sense of like we actually can give out information and USAPL released it is, okay, USAPL is not in the IPF anymore. What are we going to do? And it's the Pro Series. And there's even more than that. I know some people were asking about like youth and juniors and masters. When we were on the call with uh, the executive board, uh, they have a lot of, they they definitely want to cater to everyone. They want to make sure everyone's included in things. It's just the pro series is its own separate entity. That's going to be just for raw open uh, equipped open and then bench only lifters are going to be within the pro series. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's um, I think, I think that's what most people wanted to see. I think, I think when people start uh, understanding like who's going to be included on the pro series, um, you know, they're going to have their opinions on it, but as of right now, that's how it stands. And yeah, it was actually just really good to be a part of those calls. Cause I think they had a really good lineup of people and asking their opinions. And it was a very good brainstorming session on like almost an extension, if you will, of the lifters who are in the USAPL, like, and then us listening to them and then us getting it to the executive board. And I think it was actually a really productive meeting and I think the the organization. I call, it more than, I call it more than productive because it actually decently changed from what they originally told us was yeah. the plan for the pro series. We gave we I mean we wrote up a whole proposal and they took all of it pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, they they listened. I can tell you that there's media stuff incoming. They're wanting to start doing whether it's uh, with the cameras and nationals they're going to be changing that completely there was a lot of stuff but no they they more than just like listened like they they very actively took um everyone in that that group's opinions and created this pro series from it yeah yeah and it it was yeah it was fantastic and then also i think i think uh i think you should definitely give yourself a pat on the back because you say we but it was it was kind of a lot of the, a lot of it was your brainchild there, and I thought it was some really good I ideas say there. Me because like I might have written it because that's kind of more my professional thing of writing proposals and like organization stuff. But like this is all stuff we talked about for mm-hmm. a year now, so it's it's not like I like all of a sudden came up with it. It's all stuff we've talked about. I just kind of well, I, I still think the and... yeah, I still think the organizational structure is a very important part of it because that was like. I mean, if you if you don't have a good organizational structure to it, then it kind of collapses. So, do you? I mean, um, do you? I mean, is that how you kind of want to approach this? You want to just talk about that right now? Yeah, I can just go through the official things and then kind of talk about. We can just kind of go from there. So, um, it, I mean, it, it's meant to mimic a lot of what bodybuilding does because bodybuilding has it right. They've had this pro card thing right um, because at the USAPL, not only do they want to create a pro series and create competition, they need to create something that people like strive to want to like achieve. Mm-hmm. Like people spend their entire life trying to be an IFBB pro. And then they spend their entire life after that trying to win the Olympia. Like the pro card is a the thing they want, just like people have wanted to go to worlds and be a nationals team member. It's gotta be something that they, that they want to achieve and lifters see that as a lifelong goal. So, um, so, um, talking first about pro cards, pro cards, are going to be retroactively given to lifters in the raw division, who in the raw open division, who placed top five at nationals in 2021, and then retroactively for equipped and bench only for top three. And that's just because the fact that there's just less bench and equipped lifters, there's not enough of a pool to be able to give top five. That was pretty simple there. Um, some people probably aren't going to accept those because there's there's likely going to be some of those lifters going to be going over to a new affiliate. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be offered their pro card. We'll see if they accept it. But every lifter who plays top five at nationals in the raw division is going to be receiving a pro card. 
They are also going to give all Virginia pro competitors a pro card, just a one-time thing, um, because it was already kind of put together. There was a pro qualifier. They're going to just do that as a one-time thing. Never happens again. Um, and then we're going to see on this, this is the very unofficial thing. We're, they're, they're, they're likely going to see how many people accept these pro cards um, because we need a certain pool of lifters. We don't just want like 20 pros. It's probably going to be somewhere around like 80 to 100 uh, raw lifters, somewhere around like 40 to 60 equipped and bench only. And so they may start giving out some pro cards to fill up those numbers just based off a good list score off of people who didn't qualify from that. Because mm-hmm. there, there are people who may not play, who didn't do nationals, didn't place at nationals because something happened that are very, very competitive and likely would get a pro card if they had, if you were just going off a good list score. So we'll see on that. Moving forward, ways to achieve your pro card is placing top five at nationals as in the raw division or top three and equipped and bench only. That is the easiest way to get your pro card. And it doesn't cycle down if people have their pro cards. If all, like, let's say the 83 men, all the top five lifters have their pro cards. No one receives a new pro card for the 83s. Mm-hmm. Did you have something, Angelo? You kind of had a face that you had something one was saying. No, not really. Um, all I'm going to ask is, can you put it on the ca- gallery for Zoom? Because right now, uh, uh, yeah, the gallery, for it says view okay. at the yep. top. Just so, because okay. you're doing most of the talking right now, and now uh, people see my just dumb fucking face. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So getting back to it. Um, so yeah, if, uh, if all lifters who place top five already have a pro card, no people, no new people get a pro card in that class, which is to make sure that pro cards aren't getting handed out like candy. Yeah. Uh, we don't want the person placing 21st at nationals because over everyone one through 20 has a pro card getting a pro card. It needs mm-hmm. to be something that's very themed after. Um, this has not been announced, but it's it's likely this scenario. Um, there's likely going to be a meet um, at the Arnold. That is an amateur meet, not considered part of the pro series. Um, that you, if you win your weight class in, you also get a pro card. Okay. So that would be the other way. There was also discussions of like the top lifter at junior nationals, like getting a pro card, but that that was very like iffy. Um, the solidified things are top five raw, top three bench only and equipped at nationals in each division get a pro card each year um, if you do not already have one. And then likely a meet at the Arnold, whether it's the raw challenge or pro American, the winner of the weight class and that meet is going to get a pro card. So that's the two ways to achieve it. Once you get your pro card, that then allows you to compete in pro meets. Um, the, the normal schedule each year for pro meets is going to be the Arnold nationals. Um, the I guess they're changing the name from Europa Expo to like UBU Expo or something, but there's going to be pro meets at the expos and then the Virginia Pro. Mm-hmm. Within that, um, the Arnold and Nationals are not automatic qualifiers. If, if you want to do the Virginia Pro, you want to do the Europa, if you have your pro card, you are automatically invited to those. And it's just first come, first serve for those meets. You have access as a pro to compete in those meets. For Nationals, um, the only there's the different qualifying is you just have to have a qualifying total, but that's for a pro that's pretty non uh, noteworthy because they all qualify for nationals. Um, and yes, on the stream we do have an echo, unfortunately. Yeah, um, I'll just solve it in the chat. It. Yeah, sorry, I don't hear. Oh, okay. I don't hear it. Yeah, I, I just don't hear it. I don't know like people hear it, but yeah, as long yeah. as our recording for the podcast is good, we'll have to deal with the echo here. Yeah. Um. So nationals, you just have to qualify for nationals. And within the and then the Arnold is the accumulation of the point series. 
So they're going to release soon the actual point series. And basically, it's how it's going to work is you, one, are required to compete at nationals, and that's meet one. Um, and, like, if you get first at nationals on the men's side based off a good lift coefficient, you get, like, 50 points um, for the pro series. You are then required to do at least one more meet in the year. You can do as many pro meets as you want, but only your two best, one being that, well, actually, I should say, one is always nationals. And then your best other pro meet then counts for your total of two meets. So if you were first at both, you score 100 points. If you score 100 points, you're likely in first place in the point series because you had the highest total possible. Um, if you do four pro series meets, you just, you in nationals, you would choose which point series you do. So um, from there, the top five people in uh, all, all formats, in raw, uh, in equipped, and bench only, um, men and women, top five men, top five women will be invited to do what is now the Grand Prix. They might be changing the name to like the Pro Series finale or something like that, but you will be invited to the Pro Series finale. Um, and that's where you compete to basically be the champion, the champion of champions, the Pro Series champion, the, whatever it may be called. That is the, the USAPL champion of the Pro Series. That's where the big cash payout is and where all, all the biggest money is going to be put out. There's money for every single one of these, but that's where the big one is. Um, likely they're, they're possibly going to talk about this. Um, uh, this is not official. Um, there likely will be a, another pro meet at, um, the Arnold for the rest of the people in the pro series. Mm-hmm. And it, it basically like, if you get like, I'm just throwing this out there. This is not what I'm saying. At all. It's what's happening per se. But like, obviously if only the top five get to go, what's the incentive for everyone else? Well, they would be, if you're a certain ranking in the pro series and the point series by the end of the year, you would then get your invites to the pro series at the Arnold. Um, and something that is new, um, Angela, I don't know if you talk about this, the Arnold will be part of the point series, but for the following year. Mm-hmm. So it won't like it, it'll, it'll cap. So in sense, you could just do the Arnold and nationals every year if you qualify for both. And that's your only two pro meets. But now if you have a pro card, you have the opportunity to be able to do all those other pro meets as well. If you want to be able to boost your points to be able to get into the finals or qualify for whatever it may be. So, yeah. um, Yeah, I yeah, I think that that's about summarizes it. Yeah, I Is there anything I missed that you can think of? No, well, not exactly as far as the pro series goes. I I think well, as far as the specifics go, I'm all for it because it's something structured and it's something that was presented to a variety of powerlifters, and then we got back to them and they listened to the feedback and fixed it, if you will, and everyone came to a consensus that this is a good way to do it. Um, for people familiar, I think the comparison was to like formula one racing, like uh, or NASCAR with point series. And those sports work as far as how they uh, crown their champions and how they have a professional product that they give to the masses. It works. And I think that powerlifting has to develop some sort of model that mimics just a professional sport. And I think that works because of the different weight classes, uh, the amount of people competing, uh, trying to figure out the formulas. Also, I mean, the formulas, I think the as far as getting feedback, I think dots was the big one. Like people were seemingly all four dots i don't think that we're gonna i don't think we're gonna do ipf good lift points anymore that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense yeah 
they, they were they were very open to changing that because obviously if you were kicked out of the IPF, it sounds kind of weird using IPF points still. So um, I know in the call, everyone said dots. I think on their Instagram posts, everyone's saying dots. So well, not I, official, but I would, would not surprise me at all if they switched to dots. I suggested freedom points. I suggest we could do freedom points. Have a new one. Yeah, I would like. I would uh, like squat, a- and deadlift. Make up a new uh, uh, formula for us, and we'll call it freedom points. Yeah, Free, freedom points. Um, water points. I don't know. Just. So, just something there. Uh, yeah, and I do I, – I, yeah, I really like the structure of it, and I think it's going to develop. I think we're going to see something within this year that's good, that's strong, and then we're going to see further developments because I think there's so many opportunities to get a pro card in powerlifting, and I'm going to use this as an example. I This weekend, I commentated the Warcat Open, and it was a phenomenal meet. It was – uh, incredibly entertaining meet with a ton of great lifters with a ton of great moments. And we need more of that. So power lifters can view the sport. So fans can view the sport like we do with all the other sports because we have a regular season for other sports. If you're an enthusiast, you're going to watch this. And if there's some, a little bit more on the line, say a pro card at this big meet or say some money at the end of this big meet. I think more people will tune into it and more people actually get involved because they're just getting involved in these meets because they want to compete at a meet because the meet director is awesome and the community is awesome and the crowd is awesome. I think if you continue to improve upon it and add to it, you have something like a regular season where you can give pro cards out, where you can have a development of a professional structure and that will elevate powerlifting as opposed to the old model where it's, Local meet, national meet, world meet. I like the seasonal structure of it, but I don't think that's going to be for the uh, long-term success of powerlifting. I think this pro series is. And, I mean, it was and it was a shame that, like, not everyone is at war, that Warcat open meet because that was fucking incredible. Like, so many moments from that meet I wanted to be documented and I wanted, like, a camera crew there because it was a local meet. But we had, like, top 10 world-class performers. David Chan totaled 792. That would have been second at Worlds this year and fifth at Nationals. The guy he competed against, uh, Kyle DeLeon, he totaled, like, 780. He's a top 10 lifter. They were going head-to-head the entire day. Kai Zhao broke an American record. Uh, uh, Matt Young broke a or uh, he broke an unofficial American record. Someone tied a uh, bench record. Uh, Matt Young, which was insanity. Like no one's even talking about that. He tied uh, Todd Telford's American record. It was such a great meet, and the atmosphere was so good that we need more of that. And I'm afraid, like the whole structure of just like local meets get pushed aside because there's no there's nothing there. Um, uh, will hurt the progress of the sport, and I'm hoping the Pro Series will actually, actually put a spotlight on those type of meets. Like, get Arnell and all the people and and, uh, and people at WarCat to, like, in on this, in on the Pro, on, in the pro Series, because they can, they, can, they can push it. They can continue to push it. We have this initial spark, and now we need to grow it into a flame. Well, I think, I think the Pro Series only uh, creates more demand and more desire to being those high production local meets. Cause again, USAPL that what it's pushing is these unbelievably high quality and production meets that no one else is doing. And if now we're seeing pro series meets around the year that this is just the staple, 
lifters are going to be, I mean, again, local meets are going to need to be copying that if they want to be on par with what everyone else is wanting to do. Yeah. So I think it only needs to promote meets like Warcat. Obviously, Saber's going to be doing all his local meets still um, that are absolutely insane. Joe and Game Day Barbell plan on doing some really big things down there. Well, um, yeah, I mean, think about it, man. I mean, like, we can go just right back to Midwest Primetime. And then all the meets I commentated, they slowly get better from there. Like, it continues to up the ante. And all these meets are awesome because, I mean, let's go down the line. Which ones have we, as far as the USAPL goes? Carolina primetime, pull for the win scenario, atmosphere is incredible. Pre-3 ends up pulling for the win, beating Andre Easter, awesome. Texas Barbell Syndicate, da 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 wins uh, best overall lifter by his last pull. It was a good atmosphere. People were into it. Um, this meet... Pull for the win in two, sir. The best female lifter had to pull for the win. The crowd is really into it. Crowd is really into David Chan competing. Like, they continuously get better. The sport can get better. You have to push it. Now, like, I'm just afraid that people, like, people are so entwined with worlds. I actually think that might hurt the sport's growth as far as the production value. Because I get having worlds being the Super Bowl. I get worlds being this awesome meet where a lot of people come from different countries and compete in, but we, we all don't get to experience it. We can experience a world type level meet 10 mi- 10 minutes away from our house, maybe, or a, a plane ride, you know, two hour plane ride away, or you just have to fly across the country. We can experience that. I think with a pro series, I think with the old model, we don't get that. Yeah, and so a question or something brought up in the chat um, is planning around these pro series dates. I actually don't think that's needed because think about every meet, like talk about Brandon versus Andre Easter, Natalie Richards versus Celine Crum, uh, uh, David Chan, um, Kai, and I'm forgetting the other guy's name right now. Um, None of those people will currently have pro cards based off of uh, not a single one of those have placed top five at a national meet. So pro cards are for like, the, a very high level and they're still going to be a, a demand for this like tier two where we have a lot of lifters trying to kind of bump themselves into that like pro card status who want to be doing these high level meets so i actually don't think it's going to have to change anything at the local level there's still going to be a demand for all of these meets for those lifters who are right on that fringe of earning their pro card absolutely i think and there's going to be a push to try to get them into or, or get themselves into top five or something or like they will push themselves to get either some sort of total that they need to become pro. And when you are chasing something, that's where a competitive spirit comes out. Like, that's why I'm going to use this meet as an example. The Warcat Open was so special. They were just simply competitive. If you put something in front of someone that makes you competitive, then the game is going to get better. It, it, I mean, I don't need to explain it. It's just how sports work. When you want something and you're willing to compete for it, it's better, and you want to create more of that. You want to create more competition. You just don't want to create that one or two. Like, I, I never really – I, unless they restructure the thing, I don't really like that uh, model that they currently have. Yeah. Um, and one thing, too, is, like, I know a lot of people are harping on, like, the pro series being about money, which is part of it. Like, they're going to give away money. Like, I don't think anyone should complain that they're giving away money. That's cool. Yeah. And if this goes well, they're only going to give away more money. Um, what it really is, you talk about competition. It's it's a way to create the most competitive powerlifting circuit in the world. Mm-hmm. Like a downside when we're going to talk about like the potential new IPF affiliate and going to world, 
likely one time a year you're going to go to competitive meet. And for some of those lifters, Worlds isn't even competitive. Um, yeah. In the pro series, we're likely going to have five, six, seven, eight meets a year that are going to be extremely competitive. Um, and one thing I forgot to mention, um, so the Virginia Pro, in the sense of the money, is set up men and women combined. That's not the norm going forward. The norm going forward is men and women are going to be separated. And even at the Virginia Pro, I believe the point series that comes from that is actually going, the points are actually going to be separated too. Men and women are going to be yeah. separate on the point series coming from the Virginia Pro. It's just the money from the Virginia Pro will go to the best overall lifter regardless of sex. So one, um, that is going to be delineated so that there is a, there is like at the end of the year at the Arnold finale, there's going to be a men champ, men's champion and a women's champion. That's like our Super Bowl champion. Like you can, that's where the, the hope is where we've got the, the three best lifters. We're always saying if they compete against each other, who would be the best? They're all going head to head off a good lift score. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we're going to get there. Um, another thing that possibly could come from this that we kind of talked about in the call um, is that the pro card system kind of becomes the new kind of out of meat testing pool. Yeah. Um, that was, I don't know if that's going to be official, but that was something that was going to be really easy to be able to implement is like, okay, so we're not going to worlds anymore. So we don't have worlds out of meat testing. Uh, they want to continue out of meat testing. So boom, therefore now the pros can likely be the out of meat testing. Pool. Yeah, that, that's yeah, something that may kind of arise. And also that gets more people tested. It gets more people tested by WADA because they're still going under WADA. That is, I have never been out of meat tested and I'm a damn good power lifter. Like there's a lot of people who haven't been out of meat tested because that's how it works under WADA in the USAPL because we have so many members that not a lot of people are out of meat tested. If we have people who are in the pro series and a good pool of them who are actually very good lifters, more people will be out of meat tested and you know, more, and you can continue to strengthen drug free powerlifting. That's another thing I like within this pro series. That's a huge advantage is just incentivize or not incentivizing is just promoting drug free powerlifting, which I think everyone, I think people know my opinion on this. The IPF in my opinion does not promote uh, drug testing. And if you guys want a really good video on that, Johnny Candida just posted one. Yeah, that was a fantastic video. Cause I, if you guys haven't watched that, he kind of, I mean, one, he's been kind of anti USAPL and he kind of said in the beginning of the video, he didn't come in here with a bias. Like he wasn't trying to prove any way. Right. And as soon as he started putting together all the numbers, he kind of started biasing towards like, Holy crap, man, USAPL might have it right here. Like they, yeah. and uh, we might see Johnny back in the USAPL. He said, if the media stuff changed, he'd come back. And I believe the media stuff is going to be changing. Yeah. I would like, yeah. And uh, of course it'd be great to have him on, but it's just, that's, that's one thing that I think people are also ignoring is just the, the drug free aspect of it. And this whole thing with tested powerlifting, it's, it's getting, it's like, USAPL is kicked out because of WADA testing, right? That's why they're expelled because they refuse to abide by it. And if they want to follow their own rules, maybe they shouldn't be a part of the IPF. Sure. But if you're trying to promote drug-free powerlifting, I think you could have more lifters tested. And I think with this opportunity, a guy like me can get out me tested. A person who has, you know, a, a 540 dots will be tested more regularly. And that's good for the sport. That's, that's, I, I think more lifters before that. And that's that's promoting drug free power thing because I think Johnny Candido's mission, like his like mission statement as a person, is the promotion of drug free powerlifting. So if if that's what you're like, if that's what you're valuing, that's what you compete in. I would suggest going to the federations that have 
the best drug testing policies, and I, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, that could be within the USAPL. I'm not yeah, saying other countries. Exactly. Other countries do a fantastic job of that. I'm not saying the USAPL does the best. Um, I think Candido brought up in the video that Canada Canada does an excellent job. France does an excellent job of it. Um, but and he kind of actually showed that they may not do an excellent job. Well, the the, the thing with don't. the yeah, I know I did see that, but I think with the whole thing that's really with Canadians and French people is just uh, our French lifters is just the uh, or I mean just all international lifters is how. It, the drug tests are being administered, and it's by the USAPL. So they're saying there's a conflict of interest there. I think in Can- like in Canada and the other international countries, they don't have their federation doing that. They have just a complete third party doing it. So I get that aspect of it, um, and I, I I actually would like that to change from the USAPL, but it's just one of those things where I'm like, there's not a conflict. They're not fucking cheating the system. Like that's the thing that you just know, but also – we just know that we can't have a third party testing pool test thousands of lifters and out like out of meat. We just can't do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe I'm going to get off in a tiny bit of tangent here. I'll make it quick. But like all those lifter, the, the complaints of like, oh, well, they're, it's this conflict of interest. They aren't competing against those lifters at Worlds. All the lifters at Worlds yeah. were being third party tested. The only lifters that are getting tested by the USAPL are just local level lifters. Um, that are not competing at Worlds. So there, was, there wasn't there was a conflict of interest that at Worlds anyone was cheating. Everyone that was going there was getting the same exact well, testing. It was just a local level. Well, I mean, at Worlds, there was some cheating, and it was from someone who was trying to put a slingshot under the singlet, right? So, like, if they're willing to do that, certain countries are willing to do that stupid shit and cheating, you don't think someone's trying to cheat the drug testing by not getting drug tested regularly, which is apparently 45% of the nation's? Yeah, get the fuck out of here with that. Because, I mean, that was the other country. That wasn't America. That, I'm sorry. It, like that, that was a ridiculous way to cheat, and that was from someone else. That was a stupid way to cheat, too. A smarter way to cheat is try to try to get away with drug uh, doping. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's not so clean in the IPF. Maybe some of those countries, because France is one of the poster boys, maybe, I, maybe some people are trying to cheat over there, too, if that's what's happening. Yeah, we don't know. But that's, I mean, we'll we'll see what uh, happens with the new affiliate. But also, think, that's called turning the uh, tables on someone. An argument. <laughs> that's that's yeah. that's what turning the tables on. Because that's what the accusations are towards American lifters. Like, well, we see examples of it from IPF meets. So maybe, so maybe maybe it's just not as clean. So, well, with the pro series, I know USAPL is going to be announcing some more stuff soon. They're they're one. They're going to put out the whole point system, so everyone understands that. Um, they're going to put, I think they're going to put out the payouts because they, they did show us that. I don't remember them by any means, but there's going to no. be some payouts for every single pro meet. I the do. bigger ones are going to have larger payouts. I did like nationals, uh, kind of the setup for that where it's, we can get into yes, that. Right. They are doing, we haven't got into that. So nationals, they already did this last year, I believe, uh, weight class winners get paid. I think it's a thousand dollars. They said, mm-hmm. um, and then they're going to have best lifter bonuses, but not like they did this year where it was just like Amanda won and then Taylor won. It's going to be a lightweight, a middleweight, and a heavyweight. And I believe if they could expand this pro series big enough, I think their hope is that's more of a norm for a lot of these meets. They yeah. want to be able to like break it up maybe in lightweight, middleweight, heavyweight. It's just that like these meets quite aren't big enough yet like to be able to break it up into that. So, I, But that was that was something we talked about. Um, possibly in the future, but at nationals, there, there will be cash prizes for the best lightweight, middleweight, and heavyweight. I don't know what classes those entail, 
Um, we also might have new classes that that is definitely nothing official. Yeah, that was that was um, that wasn't really discussed in the meeting. That was more discussed with Larry of him just not liking yeah. the uh, the current weight classes and the IP. Uh, talked about a lot on their post today. The weight classes. Uh, yeah. So weight classes, we'll see. I don't know. Um, they might do it just to be able to separate themselves a little bit because like the only federations in the world that use these weight classes are IPFs. So I, in some manner, if we're not going to be an IPF affiliate, I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to try and separate more and more so that that's not as distinguished as, oh, we use IPF weight classes mm-hmm. rather than we have the weight classes that every single person in America uses. Yeah. Um, is very possible scenario. So um, um, one thing I also forgot to mention so there is three Europa meets. Not every single one of those is going to be a pro meet for everything. Um, one of those is going to be a bench only. One was going to be equipped and one's going to be raw. So I think leading in the next year, like each, each division pro or pro division will have somewhere around like four to maybe five pro meets. So basically you got to compete in nationals and then you pick one other one to be able to do. And if you want to increase your placing, you do another pro meet to be able to kind of bump up your scores. Uh, and then something in bodybuilding. So people don't know that we're, we're likely going to see, there's going to be loopholes within this. People are going to see how to kind of like play the system a bit in bodybuilding. People kind of see who's going to show up. They kind of see who's going to show up. So they can kind of scout out points and whatnot. So, okay. I can, cause in bodybuilding, there's point series two to get the Olympia. Um, and you have to be able to win and accumulate points throughout the year and in, in the series or qualify through the Arnold classic or the Olympia before. And then people will kind of scout it out. They'll say, Oh, Ashton's not doing this meet. I might be able to win this one. I could go in there and get first. Um, it'll be interesting to kind of see how all this plays out. Cause there's definitely going to, it's, it's going to create a culture in this pro series of how people are able to be able to accumulate points best, uh, and be able to get into that finale and then the, the other pro events. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this could actually just bring to a spotlight, more lifters, like more you spotlighting more lifters is, I think the, would be the, the best thing for this pro series. And also, like you said, just maybe in the future, you start rewarding different weight classes where it could be lightweight, middleweight, and heavyweight. But hell, if there's enough money, if people like the product enough, maybe you can just start rewarding weight classes like you see in the UFC or uh, boxing where it's weight class based. Uh, you have your whole pound for pound rankings, but you get rewarded for winning your weight class. And that's what you want to go to. Like, um, I think, I don't think you you just can't do it right now, but creating that product where more sponsors get involved on or get involved in, and they kind of put their money into it. But you, you don't know. Maybe in the future, that's what you get. Yeah. And I, well, according to USAPL, and I don't think this is incorrect because I've heard from a couple people, um, there's been more sponsors reaching out about wanting to get into this. And actually, something I forgot to cover, they are very, very open to international lifters coming over. And I can tell you, we've been in some chats about some of the international lifters who are interested in coming over and competing in this pro series. Yeah. Um, I think they're not quite sure how they want to do that yet. Like how would an international lifter get their pro card? If nationals is one of the required meets, if they're going to allow lifters at nationals, if they're not, then how does an international lifter qualify and how do they play into the point series? But um, the goal is that this is international. Like we want the best to come over here. And I think we're going to see some because um, there, there's some countries that are going to want to stick with the IPF, but I can tell you there are some countries that IPF's affiliate, their IPF affiliate is basically in the tank and there's nothing for them to do. Yeah. And so they will be happily move over to the USAPL and compete. And they would have already if they were allowed to. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a very interesting thing. And I mean, you, you see it, it's just a, it's a shitty thing just within – I mean, I, we talked about it. We talked about ad nauseum at this point, but where there was, like, some sort of – there was a way to do this. 
there was a way to have a pro series and a pro and amateur split with international and it just didn't work out. Um, like, cause that would have been the best route where people can from international, like the, the whole banning and suspending thing is I think holding the sport back the most. Um, but it's surprising people. I like it, but it's surprising how many people are willing to take it. Like, I don't know. I really don't like know how to, I don't, if people are willing to take a suspension, it's like, I don't know how to mediate this. I don't really know how to fix the situation. Like I, for me, that's a, that's a dead issue. Like if you're going to make it harder for me to either coach or compete, then I'm done. Yeah. We're going to see, I'm assuming because USAPL didn't follow those rules. I'm assuming, uh, the new affiliates going to follow those rules a bit closer and that will limit your ability to coach. Like, I mean, in, in, in this, in, they follow the rules. It should be, if you coach at raw nationals, you cannot coach in an IPF affiliate. Yeah. Um, because that would give you a six month suspension. That yeah. was what USAPL was supposed to be following and they didn't follow If They're doing that. I've said this before on the podcast, that makes my choice of where I'm coaching pretty easy. Like I'm, I'm not going to go somewhere that suspends me for going to another, uh, uh, federations national meet. Yeah, we got a, we got someone in the chat asking, do you think that the USAPL allows international listeners to join a pro series that the IPF will be salty and make rules against them doing so? They have, that already exists. The IPF is already salty about that. They suspend lifters for doing other meets that have suspended lifters and other federations in it. So, yeah, that already exists. Like this is I mean, this is the current model. Like people right now are really making the decision on what they can do. If they compete in the USAPL, that pretty much bars them from competing at any P- uh, Powerlifting America meet or IPF Umbrella meet. Same thing with coaching; that already exists. Like that's what they've that's what they've done. And by saying that, I could come to the conclusion that the IPF is in the wrong. But people are still willing to do it. I don't. I personally don't get it. Just my conversations this weekend, people are okay with getting a suspension or like, oh, it sucks. They'll get suspended if I do USAPL coaching. Like, then leave. Then get out. Sweden ain't that good. Sweden isn't that. I like, like, why? Just go. Just go. Go powerlift somewhere. Be a consistent powerlifter, not hold out for one thing a year. And someone else mentioned, Mark in the chat mentioned possibly a destination pro meets. I don't know if that's a possible, if they're thinking about it. I will say in the USAPL post today, uh, someone tagged JP Couchy and said, we should start hosting, start hosting pro series meets in Australia and be like the first one outside the U S or something. And yeah. USAPL liked that. Um, it's possible. Like, like I said, they're, they're now going to be an international federation. I don't know if they're going to allow other people to host meets in other countries or they maybe they'll host meet in another country. I don't know. But like talking about like international lifters and like the IPF being salty, I think there's obviously some countries that love the IPF. I think there's some other countries that don't. I don't think Australia is like super like they, they're kind of like in the situation in Australia, a lot of them are going to APU mainly because of what happened with PA. But I don't think they're like super like I want to be back in the IPF. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some Australian lifters come over and seeing that as a better option than going into their APU sanction. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love the idea of a destination type meet because it if you're talking to a lot of people who value the IPF, they just value the fact that they get to go to a different country, compete and meet people from different countries and compete alongside with them. So if you are able to create that, I think that will, um, that might take some of IPF lifters and maybe look at USAPL and what they're doing. Like, all right, this is actually an attractive option. Um, and, can get more people within the Federation uh, or at least to promote the Federation in that way. 
Uh, I just don't think it will happen within this year. I think a lot of stuff's got to be figured oh, yeah. out as far as destinations and like getting to another country. But that'll be the I like I I'm I feel like a broken record here, but that's that's the model you should have is pro series or a professional organization, and then you have the novelty of international competition like FIFA does, like the NBA does, like Major League Baseball does. All those are fantastic. You get that you get that special feeling of international competition alongside a professional organization. Right now, the IPF is stopping that from happening. Like they're they're halting that's at a complete halt from it taking place. Unless yeah, unless they decide unless not- unless they just decide to do it without the USAPL. Like they're like, okay, we're gonna do this model, but we're gonna do it with Powerlifting America. Like that could be a thing. I I don't know. Like the the petty wars may continue until uh, uh, into the future, but this was proposed by the USAPL. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's just a matter of like how much the pro series takes off, and we, we're going to see a lot of things this first year. And I think not only are we going to see developments in the pro series, but it, we're going to have to see these lifters. There's going to be lifters that leave and go the IPF route. Yep. I mean, Russell already confirmed see, it. Yes. How long? I mean, I'm on I'm on the bandwagon that USAPL is going to win out here. And it's mainly a business and logistical thing. Like there is no way that this this new federation is going to be able to scale rapid enough to be able to match USAPL in any type of short term capacity. And if they follow the IPF rules, they may not be able to scale in a in a long term capacity either. So how long before these lifters then come back and then that elevates the pro series even further because now it's us us lifters have kind of come all together in one sanction i think that could very possibly happen we'll see that that's that's my own personal opinion there's definitely people that are going to disagree there and there's there's a lot of people that think that whoever is the ipf affiliate is going to win out but we're going to see there yeah i mean it, it it i do know already that like the looming I mean, it's not, I'm not, not the looming possibility, the poss, I mean, it's happening. Like keep on the podcast, Russ said he will, will go to any federation that is the gateway to IPF worlds and the domino effect of other lifters getting involved. But I still don't think he gets all of them. Like he has to completely destroy. Like for me, I am not, like, I don't even care. Like at this point, I do not care if Russ, Delaney, Sean, Gruden all leave to powerlifting America I, I I'm staying and I'm hoping that like my my presence in the USAPL can still keep some lifters on where it's still a super competitive uh it's still a com- super competitive structure within the weight class. It might be it's yeah. going to obviously be ta- it's going to be take a big blow, but I, I I'm I, I, I predict it, like it's still there, like there's other lifters there that can fill it. I predict likely. I mean, here's the thing is like, if you go the assumption for the newest affiliate, the meets probably aren't going to be the greatest. They're, they're not going to be nationals. They're not going to be Arnold. They're, they're going to be lower quality in production. They're not going to be there. Likely. I mean, the only reason you're doing that national meet in the new affiliate is to go to worlds. And so if you see Russ is signed up for it and you're totaling 785, what, what's your reason to go over and compete just to lose to Russ in like, a sub local level meet in the sense of quality, like a, like not even as good as like a, a saber local level meet. I think, I think what we're going to see is there's just going to be a couple people in each class that go to try and get their IPF world bid because they care about the world. And then the rest are going to stay because like, it's, it's going to be a more competitive top to bottom field and they're going to get a much better meet and they're going to get an entire 
competition series throughout the entire year versus they may not even have one competitive meet the entire year just easily win nationals and easily win worlds well if there's i mean that's what i'm like if there's so much i mean well we got to see where the competition lies right but like if because i know they're competitive but the uh, the the flex coaching uh, flex coaching and the you know this team is very competitive and they want to be the best at something so it's like i i don't see how ipf worlds is your biggest competitive outlet Considering if Russ went to a Warcat Open, he would have been challenged more by David Chan and Kyle DeLeon than what he was at IPF Worlds. Like, yeah, he would have competed sure. at that meet, and he would have been in California too. Like it's I, I if you're if you're if you want that competition, I don't understand why you just don't stay in the USAPL and actually try to pull people from the IPF to come and join you, because you can actually be the reason why. There's a new international affiliate that doesn't suspend you for doing or for suspending you for competing outside of the federation or suspending you for um, things that I don't think are suspension worthy or you get a better drug tested pool to compete against. Like I would say you are the ambassadors of the sport. You can try to be the the the, the figures of getting people into your federation, not leave it. Yeah. Domestically. So continue answering a question from the chat. uh, Pioneer belts have always been allowed in USAPL meets, just not at nationals and the Arnold that continues to be a thing that people don't understand. Like there's only two meets and it was because of the IPF that you had to have IPF approved gear. Everyone else could use pioneer belts, but USAPL strongly hinted that there will no longer be those rules. It will just have to meet specs, likely. I don't know if they're going to have a, a approved I, list or I, I don't know. I still think you have to have some sort of – you still have to some, have some sort of like uh, like contract, right, with the federal. No, at the local level, it just has to meet the specs. Oh, yeah, the local I level. Be surprised I'm saying for national. I wouldn't be surprised if they do it like – well, USP chart but i wouldn't be surprised if they put together a list of what is approved like based off a of spec just to make it easier because that's the one thing is sometimes like at local meets like lifters are asking me some obscure brand like is this approved i'm like i don't know like you bought this off of amazon at some random local business that just sells their belts and i have no idea if it's within reason but whatever it is yeah pioneer is going to be a lot of nationals so that's done Yep. <laughs> so, um, anyone complaining about the IPF approved list that is gone and most likely any and all legitimate stuff that anyone will be wearing like pioneer a seven or stoic and all that stuff. It's all going to be allowed at nationals now. Yeah. My first power lift in my first USAPL local meet, I had, I think zero IPF approved equipment. I think a wrestling singlet, some belt I found off Amazon. Oh no. The Mark bell sleeves were that year got IPF approved and that's it. Yeah, you wore that golden thong too. That definitely wasn't IPF approved. It's not. Oh, okay. No, you have to. You have to. It, it, I don't believe thongs can be worn by men on the platform. We'll check. The, I'll check the. Uh, I'll check the. I'll check the formerly. I'll check the formerly USAPL presidents and new powerlifting America underscore IPF to see if that was true or not. I'll, I have to check in with them. If not, we will all see Angelo back in his thong at nationals this year. Yeah, that's I think that's going to be the key. If if they make rules on that, if IPF actually lifts that, I might be in powerlifting America. But um, and of course the trophy situation, the trophy yes. situation is well, huge. Do you want do you want to describe your your uh, your conundrum here? What you demand the trophy be? I don't demand. 
I don't demand it. I, dem- I demand nothing out of this. I believe if you are having, you said like, you were going to powerlifting America, <laughs> if they don't do it. That's a demand. <laughs> it's like a what was it? Always Sunny episode. It's like these are not demands. Like Charlie, it says list of demands on the paper. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I guess my list of demands that aren't demands, but my list of demands. First thing is the Arnold, if they have the Grand Prix being the Super Bowl of powerlifting. Really, you could just call it the Grand Prix. I think the Grand Prix is an awesome name. Um, takes me back to, like, Pride FC. I, I think I've always loved the, the that name and that title. If you're going to be the Grand Prix champion, I think you should get a belt, a championship belt, similar, of course, to my favorite, professional wrestling, but also let's not negate the fact that Ultimate Fighting and Boxing have championship belts. I understand it's reserved for fighting and combat sports, but I think the belt is something that you can be an ambassador of the sport and hold with you because I think if you win this Grand Prix champion, you should be labeled as like the face of powerlifting. They should promote you because you are the champion. So bring it to whatever meet you go to. If you do an autograph signing, bring the belt, be seen with it, add prestige to it. People would want the belt. That's old marketing psychology from wrestling. Um, I still think a kick-ass trophy would be cool, but I'm just I'm just thinking about it like bringing a trophy places. I don't like the idea of bringing a trophy places. I think you're just living out your actual fantasy of being a WWE champion, and you aren't going to do that. So it's your way in powerlifting to kind of get to that point. I'm actually trying to think, though. Do I have a better chance making it in the WWE as a wrestler than beating Taylor Atwood? I don't know. <laughs> I'm... On points. I don't know which one's more possible. I think if I go and try to like do with a WWE tryout, I can at least get maybe a belt before I beat Taylor Atwood. Don't they have like 18,000 different belts too? No. It's like eight like or like five. All right, I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't no, I mean, have a belt. Well, that's, like that's, a, that's, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just... Every single Monday night they have to have some belt that they're saying is up for grab and then the doesn't even happen. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, I can list you them. It's it, for the brands. I mean, keeping it simple, the the world championship, like whatever it's called, uh, the um, intercontinental champion, um, United States or European champion, whatever, and the tag team champion, and then the women's championship. So that I mean, that's it. I mean, like again, you, you everyone goes to WWE. The UFC has belts. Like, can we can we stop with the the, the professional wrestling? Boxing has belts. It was actually very. Well, they stole that professional too. wrestling because it's you. If you, if you, <laughs> I'm a massive. Uh, I, I love. I love combat. Not, I'd say UFC, I'm a, but no. But I'm you, a massive boxing box. fan too, though. I love boxing. Like the belt. Two works. white lights logo isn't labeled after boxing. <laughs> no, it is. I okay. I get it. You are saying lots of things that you have a lot of proof against you. I get you're saying no. you don't demand, but you're going to leave PA. You're saying you like boxing as much as WWE, but the two white lights logo is I, the NWA logo from. Oh, well, NWO! Don't uh, don't don't fuck it up, Steve. NWO! Don't don't fuck it up, Steve. This is an anime thing. You would nail it, but it's a wrestling thing. But it's NWO. Yes, I get it. That's my thing. But I, I actually think it's all interchangeable. Like people who like professional wrestling also like combat sports, and they do. Um, actually, a lot of combat sports are, are a lot of uh, those athletes in mixed martial arts are huge wrestling fans, and it makes sense. Like they all kind of connect. I don't know. I just think with an individual sport, like the trophy is important, 
And I think the belt is the easiest thing to have in order to be a professional or to be the ambassador of the sport. Um, I think trophies typically are reserved for team sports, and they kind of are. Like, if you look at an individualized trophy, I can only think of one that's like that stands out to me from an individual sport, and that's the Grand Slam champion in tennis. And, and golf. That's a jacket, though. I, no, they have trophies for the, well, they know they have the, the Masters. But, recognizable. Right. I think this, the Masters first, has the most. This is your first valid argument. This is the first <laughs> argument. <laughs> Fuck you. That is valid. <laughs> that is actually a very good point, that most trophies are for team sports. I do agree there. Outside yeah. of golf. I was expecting you to say golf doesn't count as a sport, though. No, I was going to. But I would say the Masters, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a gold jacket, right? Green jacket. Green jacket. Okay, gold, gold jacket was Happy Gilmore. That was, that's Happy Gilmore. So we should do the Happy Gilmore jacket. Yeah. Would that would that appease you? Oh, sure. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I. I mean, I'm not against the belt idea. I I, I personally like the idea. Everyone of like I pitched a, it to so far has not liked it. I am yeah. not getting this. I'm not getting the belt. I like the idea of like a more signature trophy, just like there's a Stanley Cup or the Lombardi Trophy, and having people's names etched into it each year. I like that idea to kind of literally like the, etch people's names in history of champions. The old heavyweight champion in boxing had that and it's awesome but if it's a belt i don't have a demand of belts if it if belt wins out if angelo gets his desire even though he's the only one that wants it um, you know what's gonna happen I though won't. i'm gonna i'm gonna get i'm gonna say this and then like no one's gonna want to wear the belt in public and then it ruins it for me because like, that 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 is the point like you're supposed to wear it in public events like that's the point of the belt. Like if I was so if I was going to spectate a meet, I would bring the belt with me and just be like, "Whoa, what's that guy doing?" I would. It, you heard it here first. If I will win a belt in powerlifting or like a prestigious trophy like a belt, I will wear it anytime I go to anything powerlifting related. You have you have to give these. You got to give the people characters. You got to add to it. Imagine Russ or he with the suit and a belt in the airport. You're gonna think he's that the be cool. you're gonna see the coolest, coolest guy ever. I don't think how, that would be kind of cool. All right. By the way, how long have we been talking about belts before we, we haven't lost too many viewers though? So maybe people are actually enjoying this conversation about belts. Did Weez just come in at thanks? Yeah, over an hour and tell me about the pro card. Weez, listen to the podcast, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about the pro card. Really? Hour into it, we're not gonna repeat it. Sorry, man. It's also an audio recording. We can get it. There, there wasn't. There was an asterisk that no one that goes by one singular name can achieve a pro card. Yeah. Oh, we also canceled perms on two white lights, and we. I mean, really, the 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 creator of the pro card is technically two white lights, right? So whatever we say goes. So cancel perms. Anyone with perms can't. Can't can't compete in the yeah, USAPL. I'll, I'll go add to the proposal right now. No one who's received a perm can earn a pro card <laughs> due to misrepresentation of what USAPL stands for. Yeah. As well as possibly not natty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um yeah, sorry, sorry, Weez. We are not going to repeat it again. That will not be the that would be terrible podcasting. Unless I stop recording right now and then just kind of go into a little informal conversation with our uh, Twitch listeners or viewers. Well, with that, do we, I mean, do we have much more to go over? We didn't want to do a ton here because we just wanted to be able to get in and, and talk about this pro card situation real quick. And yeah, did we do anything else you want to cover? 
Yeah, did we dive uh, deep enough into it? I like. I'm just trying to think. Like, as far as releasing the audio of it, like making sure people are informed. Um, yeah, I guess it's not going to be that long. And I guess we're gonna we're just going to see the developments. I think the more developments you see, is just going to be um, graphicked up and put on two white lights, uh, just to kind of make it easier. Uh, the USAPL and two white lights have a pretty decent relationship as far as like getting that news out there. So we uh, yep. we can create Same something there for them. Mainly what I think we're going to wait for is more like they, they talk about like the retroactive pro cards. They're going to need to announce how you get a pro card in the future, which, like I said, it's going to be top five at nationals for raw. Um, and then likely there's going to be an event at Arnold. that's a pro qualifier. Um, and then they're going to release the, the cash payouts hopefully soon. And then they're going to release the they kind of already released the schedule, obviously. Um, but they're also going to release the point system. So everyone knows kind of the point system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have and someone. We're being told not a bit for release so far. Y'all have definitely dug into it well. So yeah, um, um, and they may with the pro card. I don't know if they're going to do it or not. Um, I, I think they they plan. I mean, I, we proposed that there would be some like physical card you get. It would. I think it actually a simple good idea is that rather than just your USAPL membership card, you get some specialized pro card mm-hmm. as your USAPL membership card. Yeah, that just makes it simple. I'm just gonna. Pu- I'm just gonna also like flash it at restaurants. Uh, like ex- that pro card also has uh, du- is also a credit card that has direct access to Weez's F account. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uses that to pay for anything. So all pros get to use any uh, F that Weez has accumulated through his non fungible token uh, business. Yeah, so that will be one of the pro cards. <laughs> um, I oh, well, I would also like the idea. Uh, I mean, we had. The- we had the the lifetime membership jackets. Let's get the pro pro uh, pro lifter jackets going from the USAPL. All of us get like exclusive pro uh, pro jackets that we can wear. Just a step down from members only jackets. I agree. If I oh, no, were, and also we're lifetime be- members for like we 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 will be lifetime members. Bodybuilding actually doesn't do anything cool for pro cards. Basically, they just tell you you're a pro, and then you get to change your Instagram handle and say you're an IFBB pro. Um, I think it would be cool if there, there's something like actual notable. Like you get your pro card, you get a physical card, and you get some like notable something from them, like a jacket or something that is like a I'm a pro now. Like, um, and that's kind of the point of this. Yeah. Um, the pro card isn't just like supposed to be like some silly thing. Like it should it needs to be something that like is a very notable thing you want to work for and you get rewarded for. And like, when you receive it, like that was like, Oh my gosh, my, my lifting career has been accomplished, but that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. I, I think that'll be something. Yeah. Something physical, something special. I mean, I, I haven't put pro power lifter yet in my bio. I think I might have to be the first person to do it. Just, just to break the ice a little bit. Like I think everyone else is a little too humble to put pro power lifter in the bio. I think I'm going to, be the first. Can I put pro powerlifting coach since I have pro powerlifters? Dude, we need to just start labeling it. Like the label is the most important thing because if enough people do it, you know how you know how powerlifters are. They oh, see yeah. someone do it, well, they, they're going to want to be part happen, of it. Once it's more, once it's more official, because I'm hoping the USA, like USAPL said, who gets pro cards, but it's not like in like an Wait. official thing. Like here's the pros. I hope there's like an official round of everyone like getting and getting their pro status. And then you're going to see everyone post it on their stories. And I think that's when it'll happen when you'll start seeing people put pro power lifter. Cause yeah. I mean, well, if it'll happen eventually, I mean, no, yeah. If I do it first, actually, am I the first professional power lifter in the USAPL? If I put in my bio before everyone else, I think so. Do it ASAP. I'm fucking, I'm on it. 
I'm doing but it right now. Pro power lifter and in parentheses, Weeze is not a pro power lifter. Yeah. Yeah, you're not. You're no, like there's only like twenty six of us right now. Right? There's only like No, eighty. Eighty that wants to see who accepts because oh, no, okay. there's, there's more no, than, but we're, more than eighty because well, I'm a f- all top five people. Okay. So that's 80 people from Raw Nationals, assuming it, 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 well, like Russ might not accept his pro card. And then the Virginia Pro, which I think is like another 10 or so. So there's about 90 Raw Pros currently. Oh, okay. That's not as special as I thought. I thought I was just, I got in, <laughs> I got in earlier than everyone else. 90 is pretty special though, because like that's, I mean, think of the grand scheme of lift. Like I said, it's only top five at Nationals. That's pretty exclusive. I mean, top, I mean, yeah, no, it should be, that's, that's what I was that's something we're going to be doing in the future. Like we're not only going to talk about who's winning nationals. We're probably going to be having graphics of who's most likely to hop in top five and achieve their pro oh, card status. Yes. Now getting fifth at nationals is going to be a huge deal. Well, currently with the system of powerlifting, it's like, it would be cool to talk or, I mean, I, we can, and it's just, we just don't have it right now. Right. Cause what I saw this weekend is two world-class powerlifters in David Chan um, and Kyle DeLeon, and then even on the female side uh, with Lynn Strand winning, like creating more of that where you get to spotlight those lifters because they are phenomenal lifters. They're fantastic lifters. And right now we really only get to spotlight like the super, super elite ones where all the professional sports, you know, it's fantastic that we talk about Tom Brady, right? It's fantastic that we talk about Patrick Mahomes. It's fantastic that we spotlight those guys. But football wouldn't be football without guys like Julian Edelman, without guys who are on the offensive line that don't get the spotlight, or guys who make the all-pro like all pro team once or make a Pro Bowl once or twice, but they're damn good at what they do. Like, they get spotlighted for what they do. They're professional athletes. That's what we need more of in powerlifting. We can't just continue to spotlight Russ and Atwood and Amanda Lawrence. We have to get into the people who are elites, who are fantastic, and really give them an identity of being elite and fantastic. And being and that, that is the professional label, and that's them getting a spotlight. That's for media, and the media kind of like, look at what happened here. Check out this. Check out this pull for the win at this meet. Check out, check out uh, David Chan. He just got his pro card. Like, yep. this would be fantastic. Only going to create. I mean, right now we're stuck on basically two, maybe three times a year. We highlight these lifters, and it's just going to create. It's going to create a year-round thing. Like every, I mean, we talked about like regionals could have been good. This is now what would happen if regionals was a big thing. Except yeah. now it's literal pro series. So, yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I'm gonna. I'm just gonna at least end the recording. If uh, anyone has any questions on Twitch, remember for people listening, we are on Twitch. We are going to have more two white lights episodes coming. With this, but also getting to the classics, work is cooling down for me, which is very, very good for Two White Lights, and we can actually get some uh, classic episodes in, some interviews in, and Virginia Pro coming up. I'm hoping to get a lot of interviews for that, so we'll see you guys next week. Peace.